show me wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Concentrate. Look in my eye. Lock a hand. Thumb inside. Get! Get! Ladies and gentlemen, Get! this Look, is the Welcome in to the pregame.com dream preview for UFC 290. I am AJ Hoffman, joined by Sleepy J. What is going on, Sleepy? little recovery from some uh, sunburn. Went down to South Carolina the other day, man. I got to tell you, I got absolutely cooked. Celebrating America. That's the only way to do it. Like, a cold, I guess, cold beer in hand and uh, some, some hamburgers on the plate. Is that how you went down? Well, went to the beach. My little nephew had a boogie board, and I haven't done that in probably 25 years. And I'm like, I'm going to give it a shot. I went out there. I was out there in the water for like a good hour, and I didn't realize I was, you know, getting that much done. By the time I got back home, everybody's like, oh, man, you're you're red like a lobster. <laughs> so I've been itching, scratching, peeling, but... um. Yeah, it was a, it was a good Fourth of July, but I'm looking forward to this week, and it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and this is a this is a really weird card because UFC 290 is to me there's interesting matchups, but at the same time there are some of the most lopsided lines you will find. Uh, I mean, just running through. Some of these, you've got a minus 350, minus 225, minus 375, minus 275, minus 2,500, the biggest betting favorite in UFC history, uh, minus 1,000 for Jack Della Maddalena. So they're really the only closely lined fight like that's inside two to one on the entire card. Uh, I guess there's two. Uh, Esteban Hebovich and Kemuela Kirk is minus 155, plus 125 on the comeback. And then you have the rematch of Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Minifield, which is minus 120, minus 125, and then plus 110 coming back on the other side, plus 115. That's a rematch of a fight that was a draw. So we already knew that one is a close fight. So that it's okay to line that one close. Everything else is blowout lines. So you've got to be creative, and it, like it's no fun to lay minus twenty five hundred on anything. Like that, that's a that's a terrifying experience, even when it is Bo Nickel, who is one of the the most exciting prospects in a long time, and he, he should absolutely dominate. But betting twenty five hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars, not something a lot of people are willing to do, and it's almost too big of a, a a favorite to even put into a parlay. So you've got to get creative on cards like these. You've got to find props. You've got to find uh, how you think fights are going to be finished. You've got to find uh, over under rounds, things like that. So you, you've got to you've got to get a little bit creative in your betting to find some value. We are going to go through this the way we always do for these pay per views. We're going to look at the top two fights, and in this case, both fights happen to be title fights. So we got a couple of good ones to look at, and then we will go through and give our best bet for the rest of the card. But let's start at the top, Sleepy, with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and Yair Rodriguez. And 
Alex Volkanovsky, I don't know if I remember a fighter who lost and probably gained more respect than Alex Volkanovsky did because there's a lot of people, myself included, who thought that he won the fight against Islam Mahashev uh, going up a weight class. What did you take away from that fight? And does it, does it change your opinion on Volk dropping back down to featherweight and going against guys his own size? My opinion changed that that dude is probably pound for pound number one. I gained a ton of respect for him. I didn't think that it was going to go that way. I actually had that one a draw, maybe a lean little bit towards Volk. I thought, you know, the fifth round was um, clearly in his favor. I thought maybe if, if it was going to tilt that that would have done it. But I gained a ton of respect for him in that one. Question to you. You're talking about these crazy odds. You're just talking about Bo Nickel. He's minus 3,500 on FanDuel. That's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. So when I looked at the Volkanovsky odds, and, and I didn't look, and I formed my opinion kind of before, you know, knee-jerk reaction because I like to do that. I look at the odds, and I see minus 400, minus 375. And I ask myself, is that right? Is he really that good, or is Yair Rodriguez really that bad? I don't feel that, that these odds are right. I, I think they should be much lower. I'm thinking maybe somewhere in like maybe like the 225 area, maybe even minus 200. So I kind of had a little bit of a, a tailspin, you know, late last night doing this. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this fight because I don't know if these odds are right. So I wanted to ask you, like, do you feel minus 400 is right or, or not? I mean, it's hard for me. And it's minus 350 out here in the desert at, uh, at Circa. It's hard for me to say it, it should be much different than that because – I mean, Volk was minus 330 against the Korean Zombie. Like, is is Yair Rodriguez way better than that? Uh, he was, the number you were talking about, like minus two something, uh, that was, I mean, remember he was minus 240, or I think he was actually, he was plus 175 the first time that he fought Max Holloway. And then he was minus about 150, minus 160 the second time. He was about minus, or, or no, excuse me, minus 190 the second time. And then the third time they fought, he was back around min minus 146. Uh, he was around minus 185 against Brian Ortega. It, I, it feels like those guys are a little bit better like than, than what Yair Rodriguez is. And maybe not, I shouldn't say better, because Yair Rodriguez is legit. But the problem is, Yair Rodriguez is a defensively flawed fighter much in the way that Korean zombie was and Volk just ran through Korean zombie. Like the good defensive, like Max Holloway was able to, to hang with him for the full fight. Max Holloway now was pretty lopsided, but I mean, Max Holloway is a tough dude and he, he fights smart enough that he, he doesn't let himself just get whipped. Like, yeah, your Rodriguez is likely to want to make this a war. I, I think Rodriguez understands that, go, like, trying to, to go uh, be careful and, and try to go to the judges' scorecards isn't a path to success for him in this fight. Like, he has to bring the fight to Volk. He has to try to hurt Volk early and get him out of there. And anytime a, a fighter like Yair, who's an offensive-minded fighter, is going to take risks it opens it opens him up to to eat offense from the other side and volk is just such a tactical fighter such a technician he's very hard to hit clean and the more chances yair takes i think the more chances there are for volk to 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 land something clean on him my my bet on this fight is going to be that it doesn't go the distance and you can get that at minus 120 
Volk is typically a decision fighter. Uh, typically he does go the full five rounds, but I think there's two things that, that make me feel like it's going to end early. And, and, and uh, that's not even including the, the possibility that Yair just clips Volk and finishes him. Like, cause I mean, I guess that is a real possibility. I wasn't considering it, but it, I guess it is. But the, the two things that make me like it to, to finish are what I said about the aggression that Yair Rodriguez is going to have to have is certainly after he loses a couple rounds, I think he's going to get more aggressive and take more chances because he's going to realize he can't win a decision against this guy. But the other thing is, I could see Volk wrestling in this fight. And, he, I mean, hell, we saw him wrestle even against Islam Mahashev. And if you're going to wrestle against him, you'll certainly wrestle against Yair Rodriguez. And I think he zaps the gas tank of Rodriguez. And I think it's going to open things up for him to get a finish late. So inside the distance and, and ground and pound as well, like it, not just, you know, like I, I think that he can he can finish him on the ground. So inside the distance at minus 120 or the fight doesn't go to the decision minus 120 gives me the gives me an opening for either side to win. It just means the fight doesn't go five rounds. I think that's the way I'm going to look. I like Volk here. The, the odds alone are too uh, they're, they're too long for me to want to play it. I'll, I'll probably use Volk in a parlay piece. Uh, you know, maybe Nico Price, maybe, um, you know, you know, maybe Jack Della, uh, you know, there's, there's a few guys I think you can use. I think Jalen Turner's a guy you can look at, but I, I, I don't want to play him straight up. So I, that's going to be my bet for this fight is that it doesn't go to the scorecards at minus 120. So are you thinking, you're thinking maybe there's a, some value on the dog here? I do. I think there is certainly some value there. And you kind of really screwed me up now because I was thinking that there's a chance that this can go the distance. And a lot of that was due to the fact that Volkanovski seems like he goes the distance in, you know, every fight or every other fight. But that was certainly a wager I was considering because I don't necessarily know how good Yair Rodriguez is. I saw him go up against Josh Emmett and absolutely hit him with everything that he had. Some of the most vicious kicks I've ever seen with a guy in the UFC. And then you know, we see Emmett in his last fight didn't look good against Taporia. He got absolutely blasted. So I'm kind of just weighing out my options. Like, you know, how good Jerry Rodriguez? How good's the competition? You know, when did he face that competition? And I don't have those questions with Volk. We've seen this guy fight the who's who. He's been in there how many times under the big bright lights. And I think that, you know, I gained so much respect for him against Makachev that I just, I don't know how he wins this fight. And I like the fact that you just said, you know, that you think he might use his wrestling a little bit. And I think that that's, that's probably going to be his path. I don't, I honestly don't know what to do here, AJ. So I think the wager that I would probably consider making here would actually just be a pass. Enjoy watching it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I do feel like minus 400 is a little bit steep. And maybe I just need to see a little bit more of Yari Rodriguez against this type of competition before I feel you know, a lot more comfortable wagering on or against that guy. So let's let's also think about Yair, and and this isn't me like shitting on Yair because he's really fun, and he like he's a he's a fighter I enjoy watching. But if you look back a little ways, you look through his his history, and I mean, you can go back. Let's let's you go all the way back to 2017. So we're talking about his last eight fights. He beat BJ Penn, <laughs> which was a shell of BJ Penn at that point. He got stopped on the stool, stopped by the doctor against Frankie Edgar. He beat Korean Zombie in the last second of a fight 
that he was about to lose a decision in. Remember the the up like the kind of the duck down up elbow that just crushed uh, Korean Zombie and knocked him out. Mm-hmm. That that's a win that could easily have been flipped to a loss. He then fought Jeremy Stevens. Fifteen seconds in, there's an eye poke. Fight doesn't happen. They run it back a month later. Jeremy Stevens loses a, a unanimous decision uh, to Yair. Jeremy Stevens is now no longer in the UFC. Then he loses a, a, a five-round unanimous decision to Max Holloway, where Max Holloway handled his handled him, essentially. Then he fights Brian Ortega, and Brian Ortega's shoulder pops out of socket in the first round. He's TKO'd with a shoulder injury. Who knows what happens there? And then he beats Josh Emmett, who, like we just saw, Josh Emmett's an older dude. Josh Emmett is certainly not what he he's at 38 years old Josh Emmett's not what he was five years ago we just saw him get 50 43 by Taporia so it's his once you really dig into the recent resume of Yair he's he hasn't fought anyone close to Volk and the one guy who's even in the category or, or I guess there's two guys in in that category is Max Holloway who he lost cleanly to and Brian Ortega, who we didn't even really get to see fight. So I, I just, I don't really see a path for Yair to win this fight. It, it's hard for me to see it. Uh, Volt doesn't feel like the kind of guy who's going to be finished with one shot. Uh, it, it's hard for me to imagine that. I, I know if you, if you look back on his, at his record, one of his, one of his losses, uh, the loss that he had before the Mahashev loss was a, uh, a, a head kick knockout back in Australia. That's in 2013. Like Volk's a Volk's a whole different person now. Uh, I I just don't I don't see a path for Yair. So I I like Volk, um, but again I don't like him and I don't like that number enough to play it straight up. So it'll be a parlay piece. But again I, I'm going to say that he gets a finish in this fight. I, I that I think that's a prop you could look at as well. Volk inside the distance. But I'm just going to say that it doesn't go to the the judges uh, at minus 120. All right, let's take a look at the co-main event, where finally we get a flyweight matchup. Doesn't involve Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. Brandon Moreno's fought five his last five fights, four of them against Figueredo, and then you you squeeze in a fight against Kai Kara France because Figueredo couldn't fight, and he had to have a filler to wait to fight uh, Figueredo again. So it it feels like for the past five years, Brandon Moreno's done nothing but train to fight Davis and Figueredo. And now he gets Alexander, uh, Alexandre Pantoja here. And I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, the odds, if you, if you're looking to wager on the dog, you can get Pantoja plus plus one seventy, plus one eighty. Uh, if you like the favorite minus two ten to minus two twenty range, uh, which way are you leaning in this, the, the co-main event for the flyweight title? I'm going to make this my best bet. I feel the complete opposite with this fight as I did the last. Like I felt like the last odds were, were wrong in the in the wrong direction of the favorite. But I feel like Moreno should probably be a guy who's like minus 400. Wow. It's not like I don't have respect for Pantoja. But I think these are two different guys that are in just two different classes right now. They just don't seem like they're even remotely identical to when they fought each other a while back. I think that Moreno's grown so much. I think the fact that he's just been in there and training so much, you know, for guys like Figueredo, you know, Kaikara France, guys like that, that he's learned so much, that he's grown so much. 
I think he walks right through Pantoja here. I think that this is over quick, early. Um, I'm not even sure if this is going to go the distance. There's no way that I would bet Pantoja in this fight. And look, I get it. Like he's on like a three fight win streak, but I mean, who did he took? He took like Manel Cop when he he was just making his entrance. Like I'm not impressed with his resume at all. And and a couple of the last, I mean, he got beat to Figueroa too. Uh, Askarov gave him all the issues he can handle. It's just I don't think these two guys right now are in the same class. So for me, it's it's really simple. Like as soon as I saw this, I'm like I felt like those odds were wrong, and I'm just gonna make Moreno my best bet. Okay, well, you're going to be upset because I'm going to push back on you on this one too. Uh, I, I do see some value in Pantoja. I, I don't know that I, I'm like running to the window to bet him here, but at plus 180, I, I feel like this fight is kind of coin flippy. And th- these guys have fought twice. They, they fought once on the Ultimate Fighter and Pantoja ran through Brandon Moreno. And then Brandon Moreno d- didn't make the UFC. Uh, then they brought him in and his first fight was against Pantoja. Pantoja beats him again. They cut Brandon Moreno, eventually bring him back, and we know the rest. He's had, he's had a hell of a, a run here. I, I, I tend to dis- disagree on the resume for Pantoja. Like, b- beating Brandon Royval, particularly the way that he did, like, Brandon Royval said, we're going to have a firefight, and Pantoja said, okay, friend, and he was able to sub him. Uh, he he punished Alex Perez. Like, he, he ran through him. And I think anybody beating Manel Cop, who's probably the the heaviest hitter in that division, uh, and the way that he fought patiently in that fight, he didn't let himself get into a brawl. I, I also like that Brandon Moreno has an, an advantage on the ground against most guys in this division. I don't know that he does against Pantoja. So I it, I just feel like we've seen so much of Brandon Moreno and Davis and Figueredo that someone who's who's going to switch things up on him a little bit uh it it makes it more of a a toss-up fight for me and if I get a toss-up fight and I'm getting plus 180 on one side I'm going to like that plus 180 side so I'm going to disagree with you I I don't think this should be longer odds than than they are uh I, I I actually think this is there's maybe some value on the dog here so uh, should be interesting to see how this one plays out because I, I think this is a well-matched fight, and I think Pantoja's earned, earned the right. I, I'm, and by the way, you said something, and I agree. Brandon Moreno's a totally different fighter than he was the first two times these guys fought. But is he good enough that like the first two fights never happened, don't mean anything? I, I, I don't know that I can get there. Yeah, I guess the subconscious in the back of his mind, knowing that he lost to this dude, you know, if that creeps in, then maybe we have some issues. I'll stick with with my prediction there. I, I think that that the odds should be a little bit higher. You're on the opposite side, so I guess we're uh, we're head to head on this one. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get, let's give the people a a little promo code uh, if they want to get the full UFC package or want to get anything at pregame.com for listening to this pod. We're going to hook you up a little bit. Yeah. If you guys want to save twenty percent on anything over there at pregame.com, you guys all you have to do is enter. Titles 20, that's T-I-T-L-E-S 20, in your coupon code area. AJ, I know you're working on your UFC card, so you guys will have that. Uh, you guys right now could get all the MLB stuff. I know Fezzik is dropping some of his early NFL, early college football plays. So make sure you guys go ahead and do that. Enter Titles 20 in the coupon code area. Save yourself 20% over there at pregame.com. All right, and let's get to my best bet. And I'm going to go with the uh, the third fight from the top. So we'll talk the top three fights on the card here 
Robert Whitaker and Drekus Duplessis. I'm going to go over two and a half rounds, and you can get a nice price on this at plus 140. And the reason why this is a dog price is because Duplessis, 21 fight career, he's seen the judges' scorecards one time. And that was three fights ago against Brad Tavares. He is a killer be killed type guy. But Robert Whitaker is the opposite. Robert Whitaker is now a point fighter, and he is a dominant point fighter. Robert Whitaker, if your name isn't Israel Adesanya, uh, Robert Whitaker has worn your ass out at middleweight. And he the last time he had a finish was Jacare Souza back in April of 2017. That was nine fights ago. And while Duplessis has been impressive, this is a massive step up in competition. Like, think about what we just saw Robert Whitaker do against Marvin Vittori, who has accomplished much more than Duplessis. And, I mean, he he controlled that fight. Uh, I think Robert Whitaker has a lot of advantages here. He's going to make it his kind of fight. Most of the fights that Duplessis has won in the UFC started poorly for him, and then he's been he's come back late and won the fight with something big. I don't see that path against Whitaker. And first of all, being a slow starter against Robert Whitaker is death because Robert Whitaker is a fast starter, and he, he's going... Like, if there was a way to say Robert Whitaker wins the first round, I wish you could make that bet. Like, at the end of the scorecard, like you see on the scorecards, 10-9, oh, I would love that bet because Robert Whitaker is going to come out and control Duplessis early. And I I think wear him out. And I I think Duplessis tries to throw Hail Marys late and Robert Whitaker turns into a more defensive fighter. I think Robert Whitaker could fall back on his wrestling if he needs to late. He avoids those big shots, controls this fight, and it goes past the two-and-a-half-minute mark of round two. So uh, my best bet for the card, Robert Whitaker, Drekus Duplessis, over two-and-a-half rounds at plus 140. So a nice uh, nice comeback here on that. What do you think? I like that fight. I was actually considering a best bet in that one, and I was thinking maybe Robert Whitaker by points. The only thing that worries me a little bit, if you watch some of the Drekus Duplessis fight, he tends to really just gas out. And I wondered if maybe Whitaker would kind of just, you know, after like the second round or whatever, getting in the third, if he would just crash all over him and just try to li- kick the living daylights out of him. As far as the plus, see, it, it, here's my one concern. Are they trying to set up Drickus and Adesanya? If, if they were, then you don't, you don't give him to Robert Whitaker. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the worst guy they could have given him. If they wanted to like, if they wanted to say, okay, Robert Whitaker's already lost to Izzy twice. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to throw Duplessis a softball here. And then, I mean, you set up a fight in Africa if you want. Uh, I mean, Duplessis already gotten under the skin uh, of Adesanya by talking about he's the only real African in the UFC because he never left. But like, if, if you, if you want Duplessis versus Adesanya, you avoid this fight at all costs because it's pretty obvious, especially since Pereira left, left the division Robert Whitaker is the second best middleweight in the world. Like this is the dumbest fight the UFC could have given if they wanted to make Duplessis. I, to me, this almost feels like they want to they they don't want Duplessis versus Adesanya, and maybe a, a third fight between Whitaker and Adesanya is is more sellable to them because Whitaker's more of a name. 
but I think if they wanted that fight, this they would have avoided this at all costs. And I think that the reason why I would really like the Whitaker by points is because what if this goes to the judges' scorecard, and that's kind of what the UFC wants. I wonder if Whitaker has that in the back of his head to go out there and make sure he wins every single round, especially that first round. So that's why I was thinking maybe points would have been maybe my best bet. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I, I think that's the way to look at it. Um, I, I, but I also, hell, the way judges have gone lately, like, who knows? Yeah, this division is just so screwy right now. It's like the, they don't have anybody to stick in front of Izzy anymore. It's kind of getting, um, I guess you could say it's getting boring, and they're they're putting fights together that kind of just don't make sense right now. Yep. So, uh, like I said, this with this over two and a half rounds, if they decide to screw somebody on the scorecards, well, not my problem. We've already gotten our plus 140 in the bank. So uh, uh, it's, I, I think it's going to be a fun night of fights. Obviously, they, they always, for International Fight Week out here in Vegas, they always try to put on a big card. I think they've done a, a good job putting this card together. Uh, you know, we mentioned the, the massive favorite in Bo Nickel. I mean, he's literally fighting a guy on four or five days notice that runs a landscaping company like they've got a gardener coming in to fight bo nickel so let me ask you a question real quick how long do you think that bo nickel fight lasts because i have a crazy prediction on how long i think that's gonna last i I think it ends in the first round i I think that bo nickel understands that this the one thing this guy has is early power in his hands uh I, i watched some of his his film uh yesterday and today and he he's a he's an okay fighter, but he does he's got some real pop. And Bo Nickel is is going to he's not going to mess around with this one. Like test this isn't a fight to test out your uh, your stand up. He's going to get in on a single. He's going to take him down, and he's either going to pound him out or he's going to he's going to fit he's going to submit him uh, in round one. And that, that's like the the scary part is trying to decide like if if it's submission or or KO TKO because he is going to finish and if you've got a book that says he finishes in round one I I think that's a good bet I think if if you otherwise you're I I think you you pay minus 220 for a submission in round one it's like plus 180 for a a TKO KO in round one so I I think you're you're kind of taking a guess there there's certainly more value on KO uh, but it could easily be a club and sub. But I, I do think he finishes him uh, early, early in the fight. And I was wondering, too, if if I should play it to get into the second round. And I was thinking maybe this is one of those fights where it's it's just one of those sparring kind of matches where, like, he can go out and get some work in, maybe stand up, maybe ground and pound, you know, work at some kicks and punches. But clearly you don't see it that way. You think it's a quick night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think he messes around at all. I, I mean, this is a guy, listen, Bo Nickel hasn't messed around in any of his fights. He, he has finished every fight quickly. And now going against a guy who actually has the kind of power to, to, to touch his chin, I, I don't think he takes any risks. I, th- I think he makes it a quick night of work and sets himself up for, for probably a, he may even be a top 10 guy uh, for his next fight. Like they may push him very, very early. Uh, because the fights, like even the Trayshawn Gore fight, had it happened, it didn't feel like it was even a test for him. So if they don't give him a top 10 guy after this, it's going to be a guy who's like out just on the fringes of it. And I imagine Bo Nickel runs through that person and then, and then gets a, a, a pretty big fight after that. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. It seems like they're, they're fast tracking this guy, especially putting him on these, 
you know, pay-per-views. So. I mean, it's a waste of time not to. Like, you you like yeah. you want to get this guy as quickly as you can, especially a guy who looked like – it's almost like Shemaev. You saw him work so quickly in his first couple fights. It's like, well, hell, we've got a star on our hands. We have to we have to get this guy pushed. Now, the problem for Shemaev is the same problem Bo Nickel's going to have. Nobody wants to fight guys like that. No, nobody wants to take that risk and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll fight Shemaev. I'll, I'll fight Bo Nickel. I'll fight the guy who's been finishing people in 15, 20 seconds. Nobody <laughs> wants to, no one wants to be another mark on their record. So that becomes the biggest problem is finding guys who are willing to accept that fight. Uh, I, I made the joke that, you know, for, for this fight, they, they made the call and they said, Hey, um, we, we think, you know, we think you're ready. We, we want it. We want to see you in the show. Val, Val Woodburn. We, we think you're ready for the big time. Uh, and Val goes, man, that's awesome. I'm, I'm ready. I, I can't, I'm so excited about this. And then Dana says, man, I, I sent your itinerary. We'll see you out here in Vegas. And then he says, well, who, who am I fighting? And the line goes dead. And he's just like, hello, hello. <laughs> and then he shows up and he's like, oh shit, it's Bo Nickel. Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to sign up for this. And I mean, you know, Val, Val Woodburn could be like this. This is an opportunity for him to like it, it really change his life. You win this fight, suddenly like it's you, you've got a, a massive skin on the wall, and everybody starts questioning everything we thought about Bo Nickel. It's just hard for me to imagine that happens here. Again, if, if I was willing to pay minus twenty five, minus thirty five hundred in some spots, it, it, this feels like the the bridge jumper of bridge jumpers. But uh, that that's not quite my style. I won't even put it in a parlay. Doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, in fact, I play a a contest uh, where I you pick every fight, and if you pick the favorite, you get one. And they win, you get one point. If you pick a you know a plus one fifty dog, you get one and a half points. You pick a plus two fifty dog, you get two and a half points. And you do every fight for the whole year, and whoever has the most at the end is the winner. This feels like if I if I'm getting plus thirteen hundred back on on uh, Woodburn, I'll probably play him in that contest just because it's like winning thirteen fights for for one. And if you if you lose, okay, well you're out you're out the one point you would have gained. Uh, so that's the only way I'm going to be looking to have any interest in Woodburn. Otherwise, I, I just think Nickel just smashes this guy. I like that. How you doing in that contest? Uh, I'm I'm kind of middle of the pack. I, I've had some, like I've I've I take a lot of chances on dogs, and you know they they don't come through. Like that's it. that's what underdogs are supposed to do. They're supposed to win a lower percentage of the time. Uh, and then last week I, I had a pretty heavy, uh, uh, a favorite heavy card, and dogs cashed well last week. So it was uh, that's been frustrating. Is trying to pick the time to uh, to to have a dog heavy card, but uh, and this is another one of those cards. Like if if you if you like dogs, there's money to be made. Like I said, because there are a lot of lopsided odds here. So uh, you, you're either parlaying some favorites or you're taking big swings on underdogs here, which is it, it makes for a fun fun night of fights. All right, well, I'll be looking forward to uh, this weekend. Thanks for your insight because you helped me clear up some of my. Uh my thoughts that I had here. And again, if you guys want to go ahead and save 20% over there at pregame, enter that coupon code titles, 20 T I T L E S 20 save 20% over at pregame.com. And this is not the last time you'll hear from us this month. We've been doing one of these for every pay-per-view UFC 291 July 29th out in Salt Lake city. 
And top two fights on the card, Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje and Jan Blahovich versus Alex Pereira. So some, some fun fights coming our way later on this month. We'll be back with another pod there. Uh, I believe Derek Lewis is on that card. Uh, I, I, Tony Ferguson's on that card against Bobby Green. Um, so there, there's some really fun fights on that card. Wonder Boy Thompson against my, uh, Michelle Pereira. So it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a good night of fights as well. So looking forward to that one with you uh, later on this month. Sleepy, I appreciate it, man. Uh, and uh, good luck on all your wagers this weekend and enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later on this month.